Hello, it's your host, Kat Walsh, and you're listening to another episode of Trip On This. This podcast is for mature audiences and is not suitable for young children. Trip On This is intended for entertainment purposes only, and we do not condone the use of illegal substances. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone. It is your host, Kat, with just another quick announcement before this next episode begins. So the episode you're about to watch was shot in the end of 2020. So if you hear us reference that, just ignore it. These are all timeless episodes. You'll probably hear this message or see this message a few different times. Sorry about that. I just want to make sure for all the new listeners that are watching this, that they are getting the same message. And it's also a shameless plug for me to talk about my socials again. If you are not following me on social media, please do so. It's at trip on this underscore pod. Again, at trip on this underscore pod for Twitter and Instagram and backslash trip on this pod for Facebook. I post a lot of different content on there and I'm also doing kind of a Sunday story time where I talk about my own psychedelic experiences in more detail. So if that sounds interesting to you, definitely check it out. And as always, if you're liking this, please share it with your friends, your family. Please rate it, uh, like it, subscribe, all the things. It is so helpful for me. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Trip on This. I'm with my guest, Lloyd Dixon. He is a coach for single men and the founder of the Single Guy channel. Lloyd, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here, Kat. It's great to see you again, too. Likewise. Okay, I think before we get in, uh, because this kind of relates to the first thing I want to ask is just about the Single Guy channel, what you do. I feel it's necessary that we tell people how we met. Uh, because it's kind of like a low-key plug for what he uh, is doing. But basically, when was it, like two or three months ago? Yeah, something like that. I think it's, it was uh, the very end of July into August. Okay, so that's uh, squarely in pandemic time, guys. Uh, everything had opened up, <laughs> but we were at the Venice Boardwalk, and I was walking. I just took myself to the beach, and Lloyd... I didn't know Lloyd at the time, but he just said like a nice tote. And it's, I love this tote. It's by free and easy. It says don't trip, which is ironic, but, um, (laughs) he basically just, we just started having like small talk and whatever. And, uh, basically within what, two minutes, he's like, do you want to get a drink? And I'm like, yes. (laughs) And then we did. (laughs) Now we're friends and we're talking on this podcast. So anyway, that's a little clout for you to go in and talk about the single guy channel, what you do, and, um, you know, we'll start us off there before we get into all the colorful details. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, that's a great uh, thing to bring up because that's something that I encourage, like, every one of my students to do is just like, hey, if you see someone that, you know, might be cool, you might like, you know, just say hi and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, that's my job is I'm a, I'm a coach for guys who are, you know, looking to improve their dating lives, basically. You know, guys are maybe a little shy, introverted, or maybe they're just not meeting the kinds of women that they want to meet. Um, yeah, I help them out and I help them get more control and options over their dating life and help lead you know, better and happier lives. Yeah. And, uh, I, I call my channel the single guy channel, but I am not the single guy. <laughs> not, uh, not always. Um, but yeah, that's, that's usually um, yeah. what I do. With, uh, my For sure. Well, you, if you were always like perpetually the single guy, then I feel like the whole idea of like you helping guys potentially get in relationships probably would kind of yeah. be like hitch. <laughs> 
Well, it's kind of like the way I, I like to think of it more positively, where it's like, um, you know, you have to be comfortable being single yeah. before I feel like you can get to a good relationship. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Uh, what made you <laughs> want to get into this line of work and how long have you been doing it for? So I've been doing it for three years strong, but I've been in the industry for much longer. Um, what got me into it was I used to be kind of a shy and nervous kid growing up. You know, I was someone in, you know, in college or in high school who just wasn't very social. I was very lonely a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really understand why certain guys were having tons of success with women were more popular than me. And it took me a long time to work on myself, figure out there was things that I did that probably weren't a very good method or mm-hmm. probably couldn't weren't a good thing for someone to do if they wanted to make friends or do well in, in the dating world. And so I spent a long time working on myself. And I, when I felt like I had done enough work on that, that's when I started meeting other people who had been doing this. And mm. I never really thought of it as a job, but you know, once I started encountering a lot of these people that were making uh, money, teaching guys how to do it better in their dating lives, I saw what they were doing and I was like, this is cool, but I feel like I could do it way better. And so I wanted mm. to kind of like, I love that. Um, bring my side of it where it was more of a complete and uh, holistic package. Yeah. When I, I, what first comes up for me is when are you, do you have a lot of, I guess, female resources that you work with that you essentially uh, resource gather or information gather from, or is it more of your own personal uh, experiences that have worked and what hasn't or some combination of the two? Sure. It's both. It's both, you know, um, I have many female friends um, and I talk to them about this sort of stuff, Mm -hmm. but what I found with um, women is that like they, so they, from their perspective, uh, there are certain problems and certain things that guys need to work on. And they're very important. There's also things that they don't see, like maybe before a guy is about to ask a girl out, you know, there's a little bit of nerves. There's a little bit, not sometimes a little bit, sometimes a lot, sometimes he's very scared. Sometimes he, you know, is worrying what he's going to say or do, you know, that's not something that women really think about or is really part of their reality. Yeah. And so I need, we need to kind of tackle it from both sides. So it's me talking to clients, my own experiences. I've read a lot of evolutionary psychology books. You know, I've interviewed like the top experts and, you know, do everything that I can to continue learning and also uh, talk to a lot of my female friends um, about this sort of stuff to really get a full complete picture of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. My job is not just to get guys you know, successful or late or whatever, although that is part of it for sure. <laughs> yeah. But what it is, is it's more trying to bring people together. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. It's a, it's a good segue into, um, I know we kind of talked about this a little bit, but okay. So just so everyone knows when, when we started talking, obviously like, I don't even know how we got into it. It might've been the fact that I was wearing like rainbow, rainbow heart sunglasses and, um, yeah. like a mushroom mask, but yeah. <laughs> like, we started talking about psychedelics and music and all of these different things. And um, we found that we had that in common, which is mm-hmm. always, uh, which is always great. But um, I do want to talk to you about the relationship between psychedelics and confidence and sense of self. But before that, sure, I would sure. love for you to just take us through, like, what are your, um, you know, what's your relationship with psychedelics? How long have you uh, dabbled before in the past? Sure. And just, yeah. Um, I actually remember how we started talking about this because I remember the first thing I said to you was when I, when I walked up to you, I thought, I thought your bag was something I'd seen at a festival. Mm. And then when you're talking about festivals, you're like, okay, now we're in this area. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, um, my relationship with psychedelics, uh, I'd always 
So when I was growing up, I was very sheltered. In fact, I didn't smoke weed or really do any of that sort of stuff until Mm -hmm. I got into my senior year of high school. And then when I did it, I was like, I thought it was a bad thing. Where are you from? Where are you from? I'm from uh, San Jose, like around San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, my parents were, they don't even know that um, I've probably done them. Maybe they guess. They're probably like, okay, he's probably bad. Yeah, uh, right, right, right. In their reality, the brain would just be, you know, yeah, yeah. The fact that I've like done them a lot. Oh my God, um, you know, it's really, sorry, just to cut you off because um, yeah. a few people said that. Obviously, I'm doing a show called Trip on This and I had some my parents. <laughs> They kind of knew, but they were like, I mean, all right, we support you, but like, it was definitely, it was, it was a funny conversation. No doubt. I was like, I'm an adult guys. I'm 34. It's really helped anyway, sorry. <laughs> but I feel you. Gotcha. Yeah. Cats all grown up mom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I remember the first time I did it, I was in uh, college and when I found out about it, I was like, you know, I wanted to experience, I wanted to try new things. So like first week, it was like welcome week. And like during welcome week in college, you got like nothing to do. So it's literally, they're literally just like get used to the college, but that's when everyone gets like the most, can I swear on this? Fuck yeah. Okay. That's when everyone <laughs> gets the most fucked up as yeah. possible it's during welcome week. So I was doing everything. I was getting, I think I was getting drunk for the first time, you know, like I was trying uh, pretty much everything. And so I tried acid or was it, no, I tried shrooms. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was more of a fun experience. It was more of an interesting experience. And I was mm-hmm. doing it with people that I didn't really know. So it was very new and exciting. And I couldn't really process a lot of the stuff that I probably would now or, or use it almost, I almost use it as a tool now mm-hmm. um, for certain things. And um, yeah, I mean, I remember it was like, it's very like intense or very interesting experience. And then I dabbled with it like five or six times after that in college. Mm-hmm. Not sure, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've done it a lot since like all, you know, um, all microdose, um, done a lot. I would say for me, I've done, uh, actually, I don't know. I think it's probably about even between shrooms and, uh, shrooms and LSD, but I haven't done, I've done a little bit of DMT, mm-hmm. uh, not too much. And then I've done, I haven't done ayahuasca or any of that sort of stuff yet, but I'm definitely going to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say the difference, uh, for people listening between mushrooms and LSD? Like if you were to just kind of say like, from your perspective, I know everybody has got a different. Sure. Sure. Um, this is how it is for me. I I know it's different for other people. For me, LSD is fun. Uh, and mushrooms are a little bit more emotional. That's it's, it's funny. Like that's like the through line that people that have asked that question. And that's exactly for myself too. It's, why, oh, for you as well? Yeah, for me as well. Like it's very, uh, mushrooms are very introspective. Like that's why I use them, like you were saying, like as a tool. Uh, right. It is a, that's a, that's a tool to see how cat's doing for, for like on a, <laughs> on a very deep level. Like, how am I? Like, let me take some mushrooms and find out. Um, but yeah. uh, with acid, it, it is definitely kind of more, uh, it's got a similar look, I guess you could say, but it mm-hmm. definitely doesn't have that same introspection. Yeah, yeah. When I did it, uh, I did, the last time I really did it hard was I took two tabs of like the bombest acid I've ever had. <laughs> um, oh, I was so good. And uh, we, I was remember I was on the beach and we all five of us did it at the same time. And like, we didn't stop laughing from the moment we took it to, well, obviously like 20 minutes after or whatever, like for five hours up until the nighttime, like, and I was just so on, like there were so many colors. It was so exciting and so fun. And then when I compare it to when I did mushrooms, like, oh my God, I 
way too many mushrooms. Um, I want to hear about I that later. Super <laughs> intense experience. Mm-hmm. I went to like, if you ever read the book Dante's Inferno, yes. that's what I went through in those three oh, hours. Oh man! Like, hell, purgatory. I went through all that shit. I remember sobbing uncontrollably. I remember mm-hmm. like being out of my own body. I remember like experiencing every emotion that you could feel. I don't know if I would have gotten that if I was on LSD. I think I just would have had a, you know, freaking awesome time. And it mm-hmm. would have been just like laughing and fun. Um, but the mushrooms was a little bit more like intense in the fact that it was, it had a range of emotions instead of just excitement. Yeah. 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 First of all, that acid experience, I just want to like get up in your psychedelic experience. I just want to like matrix yeah. in, like, can I get in there? But, um, sounds fun. <laughs> I would love to, I would love to jack. <laughs> yeah. Get, get me in there. Um, one of my questions later, but I, it would be great for you to actually just unpack it. Now Your one of my questions is, you know, what I want to be cautious with, with like when people learn about psychedelics and whatnot, I, a mm-hmm. lot of people, um, obviously do hear the words bad trip. And, um, right. I, try not to use the words like good and bad. Like there are difficult trips, no doubt, sure. but always like a learning lesson. And it sounds like your Dante Inferno trip may have been one of those experiences. Can you just unpack yeah. like for as, as much as you can, like what did you experience? What'd you see? Like, I'm just, I'm sure a lot of people that have probably never taken a psychedelic are just curious to be like, what did that actually look like to you? Sure. Um, let me just say how I got into this. Okay. okay. <laughs> I took a lot of mushrooms. Like we had a, we had like a duffel bag full, like a Ziploc, yeah. Ziploc bag like this big. And we split it between like four or five people. Anyway, one of the guys decides he doesn't want to do it. And we already have way too many for five people. So we all, we put them all in a blender. We mix them with like some strawberries. I was already eating some before. And then they, she gave me like a huge shake and down the whole thing. My buddy's like, Oh, I don't really want to do it last minute. He's like, all right, I'll take yours. So I did like, probably triple the amount of what a large dose was going to be. Oh my God. I took How, a lot. Do, you th- do you think you took like five grams of mushrooms? I have no idea, Kat. I, I, probably some, somewhere around there. Like a heroic uh, dose of mushrooms. It was, it was a lot. It was a lot. Okay. Um, and uh, so when I started going into it, um, I wouldn't consider, yeah, I would never use the word bad. Um, and I don't use it because it's like, sometimes you have bad days and good days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for when it's like you're tripping, it's like, it was just, it was, the quarantine had like been going on for like three weeks mm-hmm. and I've been having some, uh, issues with like, I think it was, I think I was seeing some girl at the time and, um, we've been having some issues mm-hmm. and it was like the quarantine had just started. It was mostly pride, mostly quarantine, honestly. Um, and I really did not like the quarantine. When, it, when the whole thing happened, it was not a good time. Um, I really don't like being locked indoors. I really didn't like how everybody reacted. And it just felt like the whole world was shutting down. And, um, you know, I went back with my folks for a little bit. And they were telling me, like, I wasn't welcome back in the house if I went on this trip. And I'm like, well, I'm going anyway. So I just decided I was going to live somewhere else. Um, even though I don't, I don't normally live with them, I just went back because I'm traveling around a lot of different areas. That's part of my job is I I move around a lot. Um, And uh, so during this period of my life, it just wasn't like, like I was going through some shit, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't really, I don't know if I had processed it at that period in time, but all the emotions came out. I remember feeling a lot of different emotions and what I was crying about was possibly the situation that was happening 
um, you know, at that time, which is the quarantine and, you know, some stuff I was having with the girl that I was seeing. Mm-hmm. But I think that what I was mostly crying about was the, the overwhelming nature of the emotions. Yeah. Like it was just too many, too many things for my brain to process at once. Mm-hmm. And so I was crying because I couldn't, I couldn't uh, handle each individual thing, but it would come in waves. There was sometimes where I was like, I couldn't handle it. And there was sometimes where I was like riding like really high and I felt good. Mm-hmm. And there was other times where I felt sick. Yeah. So it was like a bunch of different things that were ha- was happening at once. Oh yeah. And there was a time where like, I straight up blacked out where I don't even remember, like, I took a lot of mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it. I think for an, there, there's an hour, an hour in between that. I don't, I didn't know who I was. Like, I remember walking around the house and just like looking at my, my hands or whatever. And just be like, who am I? Oh my, it sounds like you had a, a full like ego death experience that they kind yeah, of people say about. ego death. Um, is that how you would characterize yeah, it? Yeah, like if, a, a loss of like a, a loss of self, like sense of self, like what am I? Who am I? Like what it what is <laughs> like right. when you just kind right. of lose yeah, I think, your I, think I definitely had that. Yeah. I don't know if I would call it an ego death though. Um it was just like I didn't know who I was. But I guess that, that could be an interpretation of your ego as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have no ego anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um so that I was going through that and uh I was obviously in way deeper than all of my friends were. So uh, one of my friends, she was like taking care of me uh, for a little bit. And then she started to trip really hard and she, <laughs> she left. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, just like, I want to go on my own trip. You're on your own, Lloyd. <laughs> and uh, so, so then I remember, I remember I was in the bathroom for a little bit because I thought I had to puke, um, but I didn't puke. And then I just went back and it was like kind of back and forth and like dealing with uh, different emotions and things that was going on mm-hmm. and trying to verbalize things. And, you know, dealing with some like tough emotions, like feelings of, you know, I, there was a little bit of feelings of helplessness when the quarantine started. Yeah. I didn't like it. And so I was dealing with that um, and then figuring out what I was going to do with my business and things like that. I was, I was dealing with those, a, a mm-hmm. lot of those emotions. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they all came out. During, yeah. during the trip, during the trip. So I wouldn't characterize it as bad. I was I actually think it was dope. I thought it was like really cool that that happened. Like mm-hmm. I was able to experience that. And you know what? After three hours, like I, after three hours, I came out of the bathroom and I was like totally fine. They're like, uh, everyone's like kind of looking at me like <laughs> wide eyes. Like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm good guys. What's up? Yeah. Right now? <laughs> that was, you're like, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know who I was for a second, but I'm back. I'm, I'm Lloyd. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting. Like, like literally totally fine within four hours. You know? Yeah. Maybe yeah. some people they have like they're thinking about it and they get traumatized or that. That never happens to me. Yeah. That never happens with uh with psychedelics. Yeah, I, I have two two points because you just you just triggered something for me. Um the one thing I, I would say is uh psychedelics, like you were saying, why your state of mind matters before any kind of experience like that is because it is the amplification of your psyche. Uh, and that's really what's going on, right? It's not like a projection of things that aren't there. It's you uh, finding areas in your mind that perhaps you didn't realize were um, there. They were filed away or you knew they were there, but maybe not. They hadn't, like you said, it hadn't been dealt with uh, in the moment. So they were stored, if you will. And then they were, they just, they were ruminating in yeah. there. It wasn't conscious of them. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's why when you say like bad versus good, I'm sure coming out of that experience, I don't want to put words in your mouth. You can definitely mm-hmm. correct me, but it's just um, the realization, the realization yeah. of just how much you uh, were 
going through and under like on an, on an emotional level. And that's always where I say like the integration period is so important to an experience like that and understanding yeah. why that was. Did you take any, um, after that, after you came out of that experience, I'm not, I don't mean that weekend, but was there anything that, did that shift anything for you in your life? Did you, were you able to integrate like how you process things or certain steps that you need to take after the fact? Hmm. That's a good question. You know, I thought about it for a while and I don't know if I got anything concrete. Like I have to do this. Yeah. Um, I don't think I could put into words what happened to me. Yeah. Um, but maybe there was a sense of feeling like, um, like, look, there's, there's, there's bad and things that happen into your, in your life. And I think that this is true when you're on it, but you know, maybe I got a little bit more of this after, um, after I was, you know, done tripping but like the more you try and fight a feeling, especially if you're on like LSD or shrooms or something mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. the worse it gets. Yes. And so like, if I just kind of surrendered myself to the experience, which I did, I had honestly no choice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't fight. You're in. Or not, that's where <laughs> yeah. I was going. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, surrendering yourself to the experience and, um, you know, the more you try and fight things, the harder it gets. This is actually, this actually relates to what I tell a lot of my um, students. So a big problem, I don't know if you know this about men, but men, especially if they like you, like they get quite nervous to go up and talk to you, especially if you're like a random stranger or something like that, or ask you out. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, that, I think that goes both ways. I think women would feel exactly the same <laughs> way. Like, if the more I like you, the more I'm scared to talk to you. I'm not even a shy person, but if I like you, then I'm like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. So a lot of guys complain about this. And then you know, one of the pieces of advice that I give them is they're like, I just want to stop being nervous, you know, before I, I, I talk to women or while I'm talking to women. And I go, look, dude, if you want to be nervous, be nervous. Being nervous is cool, dude. You yeah. know, it's fine. You know? What's not okay is letting the nervousness control you. Yeah. And so being okay with bad feelings rather than trying to fight them all the time is a part of life. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I think you learn like while you're doing psychedelics, because it's like, you don't really have a choice, you know, like yeah. it's happening to you. And, um, mm-hmm. But if you continue to try and fight them, like a lot of times your body's going to feel something that it feels and there's like not much you can do about it. Mm-hmm. It's just how you deal with the bad feeling that allows you to continue on with your life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I, it's really, um, it takes courage to let go. And I love what you said about um, being okay with the bad feelings. I talked about mm-hmm. this actually on my on uh, another episode that I did. It, we talked exactly about that. It's okay to just feel be, be uncomfortable with how you feel. Like yeah. it's it's okay to do that. And I think a lot of people either fight, fight against it or distract. And that's where mm-hmm. a lot of that either stored fear comes up and that loss right. of like this kind of like you're trying to control everything and like, the truth is you really can't control the outside anyway. You can't control yeah. how you feel, but with like the feelings that are coming up, they are all your own feelings, like at the end of the day. So it is mm-hmm. that kind of fear of going really deep within, right? And like seeing things yeah. that maybe you don't want to see or deal with at the moment. And that's that's very fair, but it, that's why it does take that level of um, courage to go there yeah, and to learn. And, and the other bad thing too that, I know about this as well as that, like, if you're someone who's like fighting your feelings all the time, that costs energy. It's tiring. It's exhausting to do that every day. Um, uh, rather than just 
surrendering some feelings and learning how to deal with them as they are, uh-huh. it costs a lot less energy. Yeah, they they they're much more fleeting too. Like yeah. bad times, you're just like, okay, like this did not work out the way I wanted, and the more you ruminate about it, and I know sometimes it's just it's hard not to get in that moment, but the quicker you can kind of get yourself into this, uh, like again, that surrender state and like trust that like, all right, I'm going to just trust that like this thing that isn't pleasant at this very moment or how I feel is somehow going to lead to something better. That there's some Mm -hmm. lesson here. There's something that I'm just going to trust that that needed to happen. So that something that something in the future is going to happen, you know, and just kind Mm -hmm. of re framing that for yourself can just take yourself out of your own little hell because i know we can all do it to ourselves we're we're, Mm -hmm. it's loud in here you know (laughs) so okay the next thing is what do you then look for um in your own partners in um in a woman for you i know we've been talking a lot about what guys do for women but what is it that you're looking for yeah i mean like uh i'm not i'm not that difficult um for me she's got a like she just needs to be open. She needs to be chill, you know, all of those things. My sex drive helps, um, a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty relaxed with that sort of stuff. I mean, yeah. like being able to just like talk to things, being open and, um, I don't really care, but like if you're, if whatever your political stance is, it doesn't really, uh, affect me, whatever, you know, your job is, whatever your, whatever you do is, is fine. Um, mm-hmm. But I think one thing that might be non-negotiable for a partner of mine, mm-hmm. they got to be some level of ambition has to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Some level of ambition and there, if they want a specific guy, whoever that is, like, I mean, there's I've met some women who only date like a vegan guy, mm-hmm. you know, um, or something like that, then that's cool. But you know, I'm probably not for them. Yeah. Right. Right. I want someone who's like going to be more open Open and ambitious of private. I mean, it, it makes sense when you were saying about uh, if somebody's vegan and they want to date someone vegan. I understand it from like a lifestyle perspective. Like it's going to probably be hard to just go to go eat uh, just on a very like very simple level. Not, I'm not vegan either. Um, but I can imagine. I, I can imagine. I mean, and I have a few vegan friends that are just very passionate about being vegan. And obviously yeah. that passion supersedes even if like you guys could like negotiate time and space and um I think that yeah. also really matters I like interests matter like definitely oh, yeah. um because I know a lot of people like it's like in a personal um I've had a few friends basically like oh I don't need my partner to essentially like what I like and I'm like I don't yeah. need my partner to like everything that I like but there are a few things that I definitely need them to like because they're my favorite things. And I think people need to really understand, like, what do you love by yourself that you don't want to have to give up just because, you know, just because your partner's not into it. And, um, like, for me, for instance, I fucking love going dancing. Like, <laughs> dancing to house you, music yeah. is just <laughs> my happy place. I want to go to festivals until I'm old and gray. I have – it's just – joy for me, pure bliss and joy. And I want to be able to share that in my, with my partner. Like I want to have that. It's of course, like, and I know people that, you know, their part, they like to do that too, but then their significant others aren't into it and they're totally chill. They're like, yeah, fucking go, go dance your face off, have a great time and like come back and like, it's beautiful that that works. But I know just 
it's just knowing yourself again. I'm like, no, but like, I know that like that piece is so important to me that like, Mm -hmm. um, I love being at home, but I also like, like to be out, you know, like I like to, I like to do both. And I just, for the same reason, like, okay, for instance, I, uh, I see a lot of like on dating profiles. I'm not on a dating app anymore, but when I was, there's a lot of like outdoors. No, no. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, with like putting this whole thing together, I'm like, I don't have time to, to go on dates for that matter. It's not that I don't have time to date, especially once it's all launches, but, um, I don't think dating is a great way to meet people anyway. Say it again. I don't think dating is a, a great way to meet people actually. I would love for you to unpack that. I agree. But what do you mean by it? So a date would be like you go, I don't know, you meet somebody for dinner or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would rather you guys did a fun activity together or you or they, they invited you to come do something fun that they were going to do anyway. Yeah. Um, something like that. And then you, maybe you guys meet out and do something together. I think that would probably be a lot, uh, a lot better way to meet somebody. Yeah, it's probably a lot more comfortable. Instead, of, instead yeah. of like the whole interview, like, so where are you from? Uh, what do you do? Like the whole. The whole time. And it's like, okay, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about, you were saying that in, in Europe, uh, dating is a little bit different. Can you explain that again? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, obviously they have dating apps over there now. So it's, you know, they're using dating apps there too. But, you know, typically they would meet like at a dinner party or something. Right? You know, they usually Friday or Saturday, you go over to somebody's place, there'd be like, you know, a dozen or so people there through mutual friends. And then if you saw somebody that you liked at the dinner party, then you'd start hanging out a little more and maybe you'd hook up or maybe you'd start dating from there, mm-hmm. um, get into a relationship from there. But the idea that Americans have where it's like, okay, we're going to go on a date now, just the two of us, we're going to sit at dinner and then we're going to, you know, talk to each other about our interests and see if we click. Um, yeah. Kind of a position, it's, it's, it's an awkward position, I, I believe, just because, like, you know, you're just talking to the person. You know, I want to see how they interact with other people. Yeah. I want to see what they like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't really get any of that when you're just sitting, just the two of you. Um, yeah. yeah. I find that women also, um, they like to see how the guy acts towards other people. And yes. And they like how to watch them from afar, and that's how they get attracted to somebody. Huge. It's a, that's such yes. a huge point. I wa- I mean, and, and I'm sure this is the case with everything, but the way that somebody talks to uh, their server or, mm-hmm. you know, um, really anyone or if they hold the door open for, like, another woman, which I would want. Like, uh, just little details. I'm like, are they kind? Like, you could tell in, like, the way that things are even being said. And, um, again, like you are saying, just an activity also just, like, eases that. Yeah, you are kind of out in the wild. My friend actually yeah. went on a – Went on a date to uh, Venice Beach, and they actually ate mushrooms on their first date. That's, I'm not saying that everybody go on eat mushrooms on your first date, but that that's, sounds, that sounds like a date yeah, for that. I was like, it honestly <laughs> sounds pretty awesome. And they, I think they like rented bikes and went to Venice Beach, and oh no, scooters. They they rented scooters and they just mm-hmm. like rode birds and ate mushrooms and just had a good time. And I I don't think it ended, ended like it didn't end in a romantic relationship, but they're still very, very close mm-hmm. friends. And it's just, it was cool. I was like, I need to, that would be fun because then it's not, it takes the pressure, I think a little bit off of both people, especially if someone is, imagine like some people are just really good in an interview, right? Like just, yeah. some people would just nail it. Like um, some people can't. And like, you, you know that like that person that was there, I'm like, that's not really, it might, it just might not even give them the best chance to really show themselves, like shine in that, yeah. in that 
atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. So it, that, that date sounded really fun. Um, I think the maybe part of the reason why it didn't end up romantic is because, uh, you know, riding bikes and scooters like when you're on shrooms is like kind of like a more of a friend thing. It would be cool if the guy could maybe like, uh, if he had taught her, I don't know, taken her to something that she had done before. You know, mm-hmm. or something. I think that would have been a little bit more romantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I'll, I'll have to ask her. I think, um, I don't know if it's also just like a chemistry thing. I mean, at the end of the day, like. It, if could, I, be, it could be a chemistry thing too. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, like if I was with somebody who I was just like super attracted to and we like rode yeah, scooters, I think I'd still probably <laughs> be attracted. But, um, but I, I know what you mean that, but I think that was the point was to not mm-hmm. make it feel so like datey. I think mm-hmm. it was to to take off the I guess the the pressure, and and what you were saying about I think the biggest difference with you know dating in Europe when you're saying like about a dinner party, I guess a yeah. lot of cautiousness that people um, have when they start dating new people to bring them around their friends, right? So I think a lot of I I think a lot of men could take that as like oh my god I'm meeting her friends like right away I'm like I mean maybe for some but I know for myself I'm like look I'm I'm not. You'll know if we're in the, like a yeah, situation. Yeah, guys take that way too seriously. Yeah, you know? like, yeah. I've, some of my buddies, like, well, I deal with men on a daily basis who freak out about that sort of stuff. And like, maybe a client will come to me and be like, "Oh, he wants, she wants to introduce me." Like, they say this all the time. <laughs> I know. They're like, they're like, I, I know she wants a relationship. I'm like, no, you don't. Yeah. Chill out, bro. Have yeah. No idea what she wants yet. Totally. Keep things going, and like, they're like, like she must, dude. She wants to introduce me to her friends. I'm like. Maybe because she wants to hang out with you and her friends. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's before all, she get, all she wants. Maybe before she gets in the relationship, she wants a, a friend check. You're like, you guys, yeah. do you guys like him? I love my friends so much and my family so much. And and yeah. I respect their opinion so much. And I have been in a situation before where, um, this is when I was much younger, but basically, like, I was with somebody who uh, my friends essentially didn't like. Um, Uh and, uh, (laughs) and now, I mean, of course, in hindsight, the whole learning lesson, Mm -hmm. then I was caught up in, I under, I understood in the logic level, but like was still so deeply wrapped up in it that I didn't listen. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, if I, first of all, I want my friends to fucking love my guy. I want them to all have a crush on my guy. I want them all to tell me and him like how bomb he is. I have like a very open, like love fest with my friends. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. I want not, not like, a, like we're not having orgies, but like, you know what I mean? Just like an openness of. <laughs> just, all of us loving each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, free love, right? Trip on this. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, just, just like an openness about that. And if I, in a lot of ways, like before it got serious, like I would probably want my friend's opinion if I especially if I'm starting to like really like them I'd be very curious about like how they are with my friends before I decide to be in a relationship with them I want to see them interacting and does that like does that work it's and it's true I just wish people wouldn't jump to conclusions uh so quick about what Uh, people want uh, especially probably guys in LA I would think yeah yeah Getting, getting scared way too quick. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that's exactly the way that you want to do it. And like for me in my life, I do the same thing. You know, if I start seeing a girl for even for a couple of weeks or something like that, like I, I introduce her to my roommate, roommates and stuff, make sure that they, she likes them and school them. And like, you know, even if things don't work out, at least we could be friends and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's not awkward or weird. And, you know, uh, everyone's friendly with each other. It's just a lot less stress in your life to be compartmentalizing and trying to, 
like maximize and put on a show for the rest of your, you know, your friends or something like that, which I think a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. And um, they use their partner as like a trophy or as like Mm -hmm. something to show off to other people. And if it's not good enough, then they, they feel self-conscious about, they want to hide that person, you know, from their friends or something like that. Or maybe when they feel like, okay, finally I've met a guy or I met a girl who I think is good enough to show to my friends. They, they introduce uh, this to the rest of them and, you know, no one likes her and, or no one likes him. And then now it's like, she, they have to make a choice. Do I hire, hang out with this girl or my friends? It would have been nice if you could have answered that question far before it got to the point where it's now serious. Oh, wow. I fully agree. Fully agree. But, it, it, <laughs> but, but then, you know, there's a learning lesson in that too. It's like, again, if you're uh, introducing somebody and none of your friends, you're like, you're deeply in this thing and whatnot and your friends, yeah. I would think would know you pretty well at this stage. And, and, uh, all of them are like, bro, I don't know about (laughs) this. I, it's just, you know, unfortunately it's gotten a little awkward in the timing. Cause now you're like, okay, so I'm either going to not listen to my friends. Right. Who, if if they're, if they're actually saying that I always now, and I've learned this, I'm I'm speaking from personal experience is like, I should listen. If somebody's like people that love me that I know have been loving me for a long time are like, I need you to just like think about this a little bit harder. Yeah. I would fucking examine the shit out of that. I'd be like, really? Because <laughs> it's never going to be. And, and because I surround myself with not like catty people, like they're people that are, um, it, it's going to be from a place of on a, on a, yeah. ca- like a, on a character level, on a value level, like something is obviously mm-hmm. fundamentally off or they saw something that was fundamentally off or they're like, I need to, are you sure? I would listen. And unfortunately for those guys, like they're probably, it's uh, a a long, it's a harder lesson because they probably are going to have feelings for that person. That's why it gets Mm -hmm. messy. Um, So it's a tough, it's tough one to be in, you know, that's why I think that, you know, introducing them quickly or um, introducing them to your, to your, to your lifestyle, to who you are is the best way of going about it. You know, what I always tell my clients and students is that, look, you know, you should invite her to, whatever, whatever your life is doing, whatever path you're on, invite her to jump on. And if she likes being on that train with you, then you guys are a great match. Yeah. If she doesn't like being on that train. She'll jump off or whatever happened. But a lot of the problems that people face is that they try and change their life or fit somebody in, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the classic example, I think of this might be, I've had a couple of clients who, who want a girlfriend, um, you know, they get dates all the time, but they can't keep a girl around for very long. Yeah. They keep around for a short time, but it never gets serious. And it's because they've organized their life to be like, okay, if I have a girlfriend, what it means to them is maybe having dinner with them twice a week, you know, but they're changing their schedule so they can fit the dinner in. Wouldn't it be nice if you had a girl who, you know, let's say you do CrossFit every morning and you found found a girl who likes to do CrossFit with you every morning. Now she's with your life and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It just makes sense for you guys to be together. And you're both attracted to each other. You enjoy spending time. Like that's what you really want. Mm-hmm. And if you don't allow space for somebody in your life and you don't uh, invite them in in the first place, you're never going to be able to figure that out. And I yeah. feel like when people compartmentalize things and run into the problems that we were just talking about, which is like, okay, now we're finally meeting their friends. Um, I think that's where those problems start to arise. Yeah. Well, Lloyd, I've had so much fun talking to you today. Today. Can I, can I talk? Um, but thank you so much for being here. Your stories were fucking awesome. I, you're Dante Inferno stories. I'm going to be thinking about that one. 
For <laughs> crazy. Crazy time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Course, Until next yeah. time, everyone. Trip on this. <laughs>